everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Thursday, January 27th, and this is episode 45 of the Marty Called Podcast. Schmerzday. Schmerzday. Happy Schmerzday, everybody. I'm Tim Grassi, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Skipper Ben. What's up, Ben? Hey, uh, introduce Josh first, and then come back to me. Okay, got it. Uh, I am joined by my co-host, Assault Nasaki. What's up, Josh? I'm live from the Galactic Star Cruiser bo- uh, box truck, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> and Skipper Ben, how you go- How you doing, Ben? <clears throat> so... Uh, I just want to put this out there that this has been a roller coaster of emotion tonight because the way our conversation started off our first text, it seemed like this was going to, Josh was quitting the show uh, and he was never going to do a Disney podcast ever again. This happens and about once a week, by the way. Fast forward like 15 minutes later, it was balls to the wall, Josh, of like, let's get on the microphones now. Let's go. So I'm all over the place right now because I, I, I thought this was the end and. We're here recording, so it's obviously not. I didn't say I had anything positive to say. I just said I wanted to record. <laughs> the uh, the impetus behind us jumping on here is uh, Diz Twitter is blowing up because Disney is transporting guests in a U-Haul between the Galactic Star Cruiser and Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I have my own opinions of this, but why don't be, you guys take fair, it away? It's it's not a box truck. It's actually technically a 1985 uh, sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Shaggin' Wagon. Mock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get this right at the end of the show, we promise, although. Uh, so, so Ben, seeing as you started this uh, this dialogue with us, why don't you explain yeah, call, what is going on here? Call me crazy. I just like my, uh, you know, immersive experiences to be immersive and themed. And while it's going to be themed on the inside, I thought it was the lazy and cheap way to just leave it white and plain on the outside. But evidently, Tim's okay hey, with that kind of stuff. Somebody so. that is white and plain on the outside and the inside, I take I'm exception not, it, to that. I, I, I feel yeah. like, does this cut against Disney's uh, current march toward inclusiveness and uh, avoiding white supremacy? <laughs> I mean... Tim's just supporting JPEG and his cheapness all over the place. I mean, they could, you know, for like 200 bucks, at least put a vinyl wrap around the thing and make it look uh, uh, not like a delivery truck. But Tim's okay with delivery trucks. So delivery truck land uh, hopefully is the next uh, next next land in, in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, you can ride your own delivery truck around. Tim will be first in line for that. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. This is where your IP choices can come back to haunt you because for those of you who have ever watched Star Trek, you know, there was the Borg and their ships were just perfect cubes, which would have <laughs> like you could put a vinyl wrap on this thing and it would have exactly been a Borg ship. But I'm not aware of anything in the Star Wars universe that actually would uh, would fit that shape very well. I just took a sarcastic sip of water before I called <laughs> you guys both idiots. So the exterior theming is 100 percent irrelevant here. People need to calm the fuck down. Uh, this Clearly, is, were you at? Were, you must have been sitting at the mm-mm. table when they designed the exterior mm-hmm. of the gardens of the of gardens of the galaxy <laughs> building. So well, what does exterior theory not matter? Well, let, yeah, let, that's all let, good. let me let me explain what I'm what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to like it, but I, 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 I'm going to let you finish. I'm I not going to like it. <laughs> I am far more offended by the exterior of Cosmic Rewind, by the exterior of Soren, by the visible. Uh, Pandora Theater, any of those visual intrusions we've talked about in the past. This is not meant to be seen by any of the people that are going on it. The way that this is going to transport you between the Star Cruiser and Galaxy's Edge is going to have the vehicle itself be invisible on the outside to anybody that boards it on the inside. It's now going that would to have be, been impressive. It's, you're going to have a kind of uh, area that the vehicle pulls into, Door opens, door opens for the vehicle as well, and you go right into your 
transport to Galaxy's Edge. That's how this is supposed to work. Now, if it doesn't do that, then this is obviously a major failure. But assuming that it does and it's something seamless like, say, the uh, the mechanism in Smuggler's Run, then great. The exterior theming doesn't matter. I also don't know, because Ben decided to change his argument midstream here. I did not. <laughs> yes, you did. He said, I don't want to see unthemed box trucks driving around uh, uh, on Disney if, roads. If, th- if this was driving through uh, Africa at the Animal Kingdom, you'd be pissed off. I exactly. would be, but it's not. And if Which it's is on- ironic because the people of Africa would be thrilled <laughs> to have a box truck full of delicious goodies <laughs> arriving. Not all people in Africa eat other people that have money and going to the Galactic Star Cruiser. It's wow, possible you took I misunderstood what you were there. talking about. Okay. I think so. Um, <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about uh, – actually, I believe that was the implication on Jungle Cruise was South American uh, cannibalism. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. It all tastes a, like chicken. I don't know. Skipper. Your wife makes a delicious stew. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so I, I actually looking at the uh, overhead on here, I'm not even sure that this vehicle will even be on main roads. But even if it was, you have cars traveling along main roads in Disney World. It's not like these cars are going down Main Street USA unless it's a fire truck and there's a small fire. And inside the magic has created uh, a catastrophe in Magic Kingdom as their headline. Uh, but an unthemed box truck driving on Disney roads wouldn't draw any attention to it. So I really have zero issue with this, assuming that that's what happens here. What okay. I think is, so can you at ahead. least acknowledge a missed opportunity? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not no, sure why you're defending this. Because if it's, if it's not going to be on, if it's going to be 100 backstage, then why do we care? How uninspiring! It's not 100 backstage if it's driving down World Drive. First off, I don't know that it's driving down World <laughs> Drive. If you look, if you look at the aerial of where it's going to be, I think this is a connection to a cast member parking lot, uh, and then goes from. Uh, Galactic Star Star Cruiser through a cast member parking lot to the backside of uh, Galaxy's Edge. That's if what that's, it looks like. It happens. If that's correct, that I that would be persuasive to me. Click click the link that I put in our uh, discussion because that's effectively what it shows. Can I throw this out there? It sounds like a lot of work. Go for how, it. <laughs> how insanely uninspiring is a box truck as your mode of transportation? I expected a bus, but okay. I mean, it's really – it's uh, – Especially at that short of a distance, you could actually make something really cool to be your mode of transportation between the two. A theme, Almost like an attraction itself. It's not that far of a distance, but – Like the hardware, Hogwarts Express, for example. Like a, like a train it, simulator? It could be a people mover. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that's, I think, a, what they could have done. Tunnel Built an actual track system. That's – Yeah. yeah. That would have been but so much cooler. So much cooler than a box truck that's going to have theming on the inside. By the way, how many trips are those box trucks going to have to make to get people back and forth over there? Because a bus makes much more sense to fit many more people. Yeah. And what uh, happens when your shuttlecraft gets a flat tire? How, they, how are they going <laughs> to theme that? Well, I mean, let's see. We're only driving, I don't know. Uh, it looks like on uh, my computer screen about an inch and a half. So I think you're probably fine with a flat tire. <laughs> this funny. just lines up with another thing that just not – it makes this place not seem very cool. What's yeah. that? We, we've seen so many things on the inside that don't seem cool. The lightsaber training doesn't seem cool. Oh, I, I agree the with all of that. entertainment doesn't seem cool. And now the transportation between the two doesn't seem cool. Like 
at but all. But again, like, you're you're judging the transportation by the outside of it when it is the in- inside how, of it that matters. How cool can the inside be? Like literally, all they can oh, do is put some. Oh, it's probably gonna suck. Don't get me wrong. They can put some flat screen televisions inside it. That's all you if can the, do with the inside of a box truck. If the if the uh, other areas of Galactic Star Cruiser are any indication, the inside of this is going to be pretty vanilla. It's going to be like, all right, let's make the inside be sterile. We'll strap you yeah. in like you're on a plane and. I, I can't imagine it's something where you're freestanding, so it'll probably be like <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> it, it'll probably be as you just said. You'll have panels uh, showing the outside of a spaceship or something, uh, and you'll be probably seated and might be able to fit you know a dozen people or whatever it is. Um, but the exterior to me for this. I think we're complaining about the wrong things, and it's kind of the root of this episode uh, where we're looking at other things that matter more than this. Because if guests aren't ever intended to see this, then it doesn't really matter. It's like complaining about seeing backstage areas when you weren't supposed to be back there in the first place. Uh, Go ahead. I will say one thing with with they've cut so many corners that – I'm not even sure how this will work properly to where everything is sealed off completely to where a guest will not see this. And at the prices that they're charging, if a guest were to see one inch of a white box truck from the outside, it's a failure. So have that's you heard why of garage doors? Because I think that's how they're going to do it. Can I give you a simple way they could have made it infinitely better? Just get black box trucks. Like they, yeah. they went with the worst possible. Just I, I don't know. It's just that will be great this, in July in Florida. <laughs> this is so reflective of of all. Yep. Uh, See, so you said this is very different than what we're going to be talking about in the episode, and I disagree. I think I, I think this I, is exactly I, what we're talking about. It's minor. I, don't, I just stupid don't think this matters because it's a back. It's it's intended to be backstage. And, and I think it, that everything we're going to bitch about on this episode is some suit at Disney saying this doesn't matter. And when they do that 10,000 times, it goes from being this magical place that seemed like it couldn't possibly exist to being something that is cheap and common and about two rungs about above being a Six Flags. This park. is the movie making thing. You paint what the camera can see. You don't complain that you uh, that the studio audience of a show can see the fact that this is a facade or a set. You worry about what the camera can see and that's effectively what's happening here yeah. if i'm steve, wrong steve Jobs says you paint the back of the fence just because you know that it needs to be painted i, I, I just yeah. don't think it's necessary i think you're you're making a ridiculous argument for something that doesn't matter what i think is going to be far more objectionable is the way that this is laid out it looks like a guest approaching the galactic star cruiser will be able to see the unthemed backside of galaxy's edge. And to me, that is substantially worse because I'm not saying there's aren't things that are worse, but let me ask you a question. Instead of trying to dictate what you refer to as being an absurd proposition, let (laughs) me ask you a question. Do you think, do you think after the last five years that Disney deserves the benefit of the doubt on this? Have they done anything to make that premise? I okay, absolutely well, agree but, with that premise. But that's that's the result of it. They, they've lost my confidence. When I see things yep. like this, when the first view that I get of this transportation system is not the inside you're talking about that you've never seen. It is the shitty white box truck outside. They're fucking it up. That's their messaging. That's the first thing to hit the world. It's a failure. It's already a failure I, because I the only thing I, we know I, I is garbage. That, I disagree that that aspect of this is a failure because we know uh, – and granted, Disney has done a lousy let, – let's uh, – there's been a narrative that's existed for 20 years that Disney is good at marketing. Disney isn't good at marketing anymore. Let's no, call that out there. I agree. Uh, right now. Um, but what 
they should be doing leading up to the Galactic Star Cruiser is teasing things like the inside of this transport shuttle. We yes. haven't seen anything like that. Uh, and if you want to, if the narrative is you and everybody else on Disney Twitter complaining that this box truck looks like shit, then show us the inside. Or are they so confident in the inside, and they've never acted this way, but uh, are they so confident in how the inside is going to look that they're just going to wait for the shitstorm to die out, and when it opens in a couple of months, they'll see it, and people will be like, oh yeah, we were wrong, and we'll forget about the outrage that happened in January. But I am of the opinion on this that they have a an area in Galaxy's Edge and an area at the Galactic Star Cruiser where you are boarding this without seeing the exterior. And as long as that is true, the exterior is 100% irrelevant. The if bus, you, if, the if bus you can't did- see, and I agree with Ben, Ben said it best. If I can see anything that leads me to believe I'm walking into a box truck, it's a failure. And I just don't I think agree, they're going to pull I that off. I don't th- the, the intent is not to have that happen. So assuming that that is satisfied, then I am correct. If it is not satisfied, then I am incorrect. We are definitely going to have a conversation to have in three months. That's for sure. Okay. The, and the I'm, bus- I'm, you know me, I'm perfectly willing to admit when I'm wrong. And it happens all the time. So I have a lot of experience <laughs> at it. So that's what you got working for your advantage here. Okay. The, but I well, just, I, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's just, you. They, I don't, I think you are discounting the degree to which they have fucked up the messaging by the fact that this is what the world is now talking about with no countervailing evidence of the inside to, to counterbalance it. Uh, they've, they screwed up. This I is think a, the Galactic this Star Cruiser guys. Is, this is, is a so giant toxic company. right now. The, the Galactic Star what? Cruiser is so toxic right now as a concept. It is so... Uh, the the opinions of it well, pre-opening are so negative, and this goes back to how poorly they've marketed everything. Um, I think it's so negative that anything that is going to be perceived as cutting corners or anything like that, people are going to jump down the throats of Disney pre-it opening. Um, but in a situation like this, I think we need to take a step back from reality and say, what is going to actually happen with this vehicle? Are the guests that are paying to stay at the Star Cruiser ever going to see this vehicle as part of their transportation? And assuming the answer to that is no, which is what I am assuming, then how it's themed on the outside, because it's not themed on the outside, is 100% irrelevant. But to your point, they have done away with theming everywhere else. Uh, seemingly, where you can see the backside of Galaxy's Edge, depending on what roads you go on. You can see the backside of Pandora as you approach that parking lot or uh, the Cosmic Rewind building from space. You can see that. And all of that is irrelevant to them. So that's where your benefit of the doubt question is 100% accurate. But I, I truly believe that with this, the goal is to not have guests staying at the Star Cruiser ever realize that they're in a box truck. Well, and that's the okay. I, I'll just go back to this. Using the box truck is the failure to begin with. I'm sorry. Yeah, agreed. Like, it's like it should. They even planned like the the Bantha ride at one point. That they could they could have simulated to where you went back and landed back on whatever some planet themed that area, and you took the Bantha across sure. on an elevated platform that's going right. Down. They could have done anything. But I'm just not settling, disagreeing with any of that except you're in space and Banthas can't walk through space. But you can you you you, you start. When you park, you take a pod up. You could take a pod back down. You're 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 landing at some point to go to Batu. 
An so, enclosed people mover would be exactly what we'd be looking for here. Yes. That's, but you, settling on a box truck, whoever said, hey, let's use a box truck, you, you failed right there. Yeah, to, I, to I, agree, I agree. I'm sorry. They're, they're getting exactly what they deserve with the shit show. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with how much Tim is defending this, actually. The, by the way, the, the buses uh, from the Galactic Star Cruiser to Disney Springs, they're <laughs> themed on the outside. But the, the Yes, ones, because they're uh, actually going to Disney Springs. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, they're at least wrapped and have St- Galactic Star Cruiser written on it. Or what it they, like. I just I can't wait till somebody pays $5,000 a night to be in this room, and they're in the fucking box truck, and they hear Bubba the Love Sponge playing through the divider <laughs> between the driver compartment and the, and the themed area. That would be it's pretty be funny. <laughs> So, so let's move away from this because this is the type of stuff that we generally do complain about uh, where we see corners cut, we see things broken, uh, any number of, of those types of things. And we've dubbed those paper cuts, uh, things that kind of take away from the overall experience, take you out of the theming, take you out of the perfect world that Disney kind of has put in the minds of some people. And that was the premise for this show and what will be subsequent shows, because I'm sure that we're going to continue to come up with these. Uh, but we're calling them paper cuts. We're not really going to have any rhyme or reason as to um, how we're going about doing this. We're just going to jump around and uh, come up with some of these ideas that we've noticed, some of these things that we've observed from the parks that we think need to be modified. Uh, Josh, since you were the one that pressed us to record uh, so aggressively, and I think you threatened to quit if we didn't record. I believe that was the actual text message. I feel like message. enthusiastically is the word you're looking for. Uh, so why don't you kick us off to give people an idea of what we're talking about with these sure. paper cuts. So my the first item on my list, I have eight total. Seven of them I remember what I was talking about when I wrote them. One I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> Start with um, the one that you don't remember. <laughs> and these, are, yeah, these are not in any particular order. But the first one I have is the overall food quality at Walt Disney World. Okay. Um, and specifically what I'm talking about is food in the parks. Um, because I think food at the resorts is uh, substantially better in most cases, certainly in many cases, than it is in the actual parks. But if you look at a park like Magic Kingdom in particular, um, there is a real lack of good food offerings there. And um, I really don't have a problem with charging a lot of money to a captive audience for you know what you're selling. But I think the quality has to be there. And I think that's really the issue that Disney has. I unfortunately have still... Uh, never had the chance to go into Disneyland, although I've been at the front gate before I got called away to go to work and couldn't go in. But everybody that I've talked to tells me that the food quality there is just like markedly higher. And, uh, you know, I think what we've got at Disney World right now as a whole is so it, it's so poor that there, there ju- are pockets, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, but I'm talking about I'm not saying there's not in general, the overall quality needs to be raised is, yeah. And, and, you know, that is an easy way to make the experience better for people because mm-hmm. people have to eat. And when you're walking 25, 30,000 steps a day, um, I don't know, that was a 24 hour event. So maybe that's not a typical day. But let's say <laughs> no, that's, that's you know, not 50, far off, though. It's a lot. You know, there's particularly for sedentary people. This is going to be the, the workout <laughs> of their month, you know, right. Um, they, they need to eat. And like I said, I don't mind charge me a lot. It's okay. I'm, I'm at a special place. I don't expect to play to pay, you know, the prices that I would in a normal area. But but make the quality good. And I understand you might have to cater to the bland palates of kids. But uh, there's a lot of there's very few unattended children there. So you need to have something that is, uh, you know, of a quality and substance and sophistication that's appropriate for adults to uh, to justify the price they're charging. 
So, Ben, I think uh, I was last in Disneyland in 2019. When was the last time you were there? Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, about, about, uh, t- no, 2018. For, okay, for okay, a quick so trip. not that, not that. Yep. Not that yep. Okay. So, uh, describe your average day of dining at the Magic Kingdom and then describe your average day of dining at Disneyland. Uh,. <clears throat> Magic this, Kingdom. Is, this, is with, this is with two kids too, so that's also something part of the reason why I'm going to you. Uh, typically, is uh, like a Pecos Bills at lunch. Okay, Pecos Bills uh, quality is probably for the quick service the highest quality of the quick service. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then probably uh, Pinocchio's for dinner, okay. uh, and that's yeah. more for the windows looking over. It's a small yeah. world uh, and interacting than it is the flatbread pizzas. It's not bad. Uh, it's okay. It's- I, I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but. Where you're going with this argument, it's no uh, red rice, uh, red beans and rice bread bowl at uh, oh, what's the place in Rancho Oh, okay, now, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, and, yes, in the Mexican, the Tex-Mex uh, over there, uh, Monte Cristo. If I want to do that, there's uh, the just the corn dogs by itself at the corn dog wagon or the, the stage door is better than anything in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, there are probably three or four options in Disneyland that are, for a quick service option that are better than Pecos Bill. Easily. Hell, uh, there's a there's a chimichanga stand in Frontierland that's better than anything. I mean, we're dismissing Pecos BR Bills. guest. People really Ga- like BR guest, but I Gary I Hall just think laughed out loud for reasons that I can't explain. Personally, <laughs> think it's overhyped. I missed whatever just happened there, but um, I mean, chimichanga I, joke. Okay. Uh, I, I think most most people would, or were probably screaming when we said Pecos Bill is the best quick service. Be our guest at this point. First off, it isn't open as quick service, I believe, nope, today. it's not. It's not. But it is also a very difficult thing to get. And the fact that you need a reservation, I'm discounting yep. it as a quick yep. service under normal operations anyway. Agreed. Exactly. But like you can, you can certainly make the argument that when it's available as a quick service for lunch, the food quality there is better than the other quick services. But it is also a bitch to get in there. So, but it's steps. I feel steps below several at Disneyland. I would rather uh, have Rancho del Zocalo or Zocalo, it, however it's pronounced. It's fantastic, and I'm from Texas, who's very picky about their Mexican food, and that's great Mexican food there. I mean, it's it's uh, table service. I think probably the closest comparison is Plaza Inn, but I eat at Cafe Orleans at least twice a trip. Uh, I yep. love it. So it's also something you can usually get a same day reservation under non COVID times. I don't know what the don't, issues are now, but. I, I've gone blank on the name. Uh, dang it. The the restaurant on Main Street, uh, halfway down. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm forgetting it as well. I mean, it's fantastic been, yeah, with a wonderful in. setting. If you want to sit outside on Main Street and just people watch and eat, it's great. Uh, yeah. and we haven't even touched Blue Bayou. We haven't touched. Uh, there's several things there that, that, yes, the food quality at Disneyland is just. And the uh, the boardwalk quick service over in DCA is high quality yep. as well. Very good. Um, Very good. Where where Disney World makes up for it is I think your best options for food are now at Disney Springs. Uh, I think Animal Kingdom has pretty. But that's good a variety. problem if you're in a park. Oh, it is absolutely. Pizza, Riz- pizza Rizzo at Disney Springs? No, it's not. There's probably four different pizza places at Disney Springs that are better than Pizza Rizzo. You and take, and I'm, three I'm of leaving. them don't actually see, serve I'll, pizza. I'll see you guys next show. <laughs> three of them don't actually serve pizza. It's interesting. It's a bold strategy. And, I mean, <laughs> Epcot has the reputation for being the place that people hop to and get dinner. Yep. With it being a festival park, 
that is a component that while Disneyland has their food and wine festivals, that component of Epcot, absolutely fun. I enjoy doing it. I uh, generally, when I'm there during food and wine, I spend a day just in World Showcase snacking my way around World Showcase uh, because that's that's fun to do. But uh, in general, the food quality is lower than Disneyland. So that's a fantastic do, place to start. I do feel there's a few places like a Satuli Canteen. Yeah. Uh, like some of the newer new places have started going in that right direction. Uh, Docking Bay 7 is Docking Bay 7, but that's also exa- in Disneyland. So it is, it is for sure. But I mean, at least the first couple new ones in a long time, quick service, uh, are going in the right direction. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the barbecue is at Woody's. Uh, uh, barbecue roundup comes up. Uh, that is a table a, service, but yeah, it, it is. It's it's table service, but the quality. I mean, sure. it, it can be done cheap or it can be done really well. So, uh, you know, the, the, some of the recent deals have have at least gone slightly in the right direction, but uh, it still has a long ways to go to catch up to, to California. So, uh, because I am now in the habit of defending Disney, on our last trip, I was pleased with the food that we had. However. I also haven't been to Disneyland in three years, and I know that when I go to Disneyland, I absolutely love the food there. So pleased isn't negative. The food has been worse, especially 10 years ago, but the quality is still not of what California is offering. Yeah. There's just so many things where you don't have comparisons to it. Uh, I mean, something like Bengal Barbecue in the Magic Kingdom would have a consistent hour-long wait. It just is something where you can pop over there for a snack at Disneyland and have a great snack in two minutes. It really is completely, completely different. So a great place to start. Um, I'm going to kick it off with one that is also a more broad thing. And we've talked about on the past is that if you look around property, there are plenty of attractions where screen technology is poor, uh, poor quality. So one of the comments that I had here was on Figment. The screens are like an old CRT TV. Josh, I don't know the last time you were on Figment, but I guarantee the tech hasn't been updated since then. Yeah. And probably not since it was first put in there. Like, I think it's maybe like DVD quality, if that, but also yeah. blown up onto a hundred, hundred inch TV. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's where the problem is for sure. So, that, so that's something, but it's not just Figment. I mean, Tower of Terror, the fifth dimension scene, when those screens are working, those are super blurry. Uh, we've talked about uh, using OLED screens on the Mickey and Minnie uh, Runaway Railway animatronics. Um, I saw screen burn on Flight of Passage on the pre-show, and th- those are OLED screens. But when well, you OLED, the- OLED is notoriously susceptible to screen burns. So that's part of the problem, and, and it's it's flashing. You like, please move on to the next room probably 50% of the time of its lifespan, it's going yeah. to burn that in. Yeah. Well, LCDs so, don't do that. So there's plenty of stuff like that. And actually we got confirmation from an animatronic, from an animatronic, from an Imagineer, <laughs> uh, specifically. It, it's that, working now. We are fixing <laughs> the problem. That Ignore those, the uh, box truck. Ignore the box truck. <laughs> those uh, flight of passage pre-show screens are OLED. So that absolutely uh, lends itself to it. I mean, th- you know why they do that is because OLEDs, when the pixels are black, there there's no light shining through. Yeah. So if you want to disguise it. And it looks good. It does look yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But you just need to, if you're going to have a persistent image on there, you have to plan on replacing it about every six months or that's what's going to happen. Right, right. 
somewhat related to this, but not really screen uh, screen quality, but something I've just always thought of, and because I mentioned Figment, I'm going to say it. Uh, when they have that slot machine scene, it would be kind of cool if they had some randomness to that and they just uh, shot out oh, different sounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's probably a greater thing than what we're actually talking about here because it would require uh, a change to the attraction. But it's also probably something that could be done overnight or with minimal downtime. Um, so I guess that would qualify as a paper cut here. But uh, just across the board, update the screen technology. TVs have become so good now that when you've got something in your house that looks better than Figment or any of these things, yep. it really is embarrassing. Um, yep. So the only other the option board. is you wait so long that it becomes quaint, but they're not, they're not there. You that know, doesn't it's happen in with the, screens though. That never happens with screens. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, if I walked into like a, a house of the fifties or something, you know, a giant furniture object that's actually the TV might be interesting. Okay. So to if look you're at, the fifties prime time, then okay, I'll accept yeah, it. But no, I mean, I'm being, I'm trying to be, make a joke here, not make an not actual suggestion as what they should do, but no, <laughs> Sorry, world I mean, celebration. Yeah, I think your point is, is very salient. You know, people go to a place like this to, to see something that blows them away, not yep. what looks like the TV they replaced for Christmas three years ago. That's disappointing. I will say that test track, although I think they could, those screens could be better utilized. Those uh, have appeared sharp basically since day one. Um, unless you guys disagree with that, I think the updated test track, those screens have been pretty crisp and do look futuristic. Uh, I don't know what is different about those versus, say, what they're using at Flight of Passage. Perhaps there's enough uh, change in what's on there so it doesn't have that burn-in effect. But, I think they're LCDs. I think that's okay, the answer. Okay. I mentioned Tower of Terror as well. When they show that uh, visual of your elevator, uh, they're not showing the current ride vehicle. I noticed that on yeah. the last yeah. trip because nobody was wearing masks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that shouldn't be that difficult, and especially when you've got like 480p projection on that screen. Yep. I, I, I perhaps they're doing it blurry that way so that you can't tell who's on there. But when you've got mask versus no mask, it's pretty obvious that it's not your actual vehicle. But It'd be anyway. funny if the next time you go on there, you look in the right vehicle. It's just a big box truck sitting there. <laughs> that would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. <laughs> mm. So which one do you want to, wants to take the next one? Uh, that would be Ben, right? Or do you have, do you have one I, Ben or do you want me I to go do, again? I can do one. Um, so there's this, uh, there's this really expensive hotel opening up, uh, and they're gonna have a box truck that transports people uh, to. Oh wait, sorry, we'll see. Yeah, we already did that. Um, okay, this one's kind of stupid, but at the same time, I think it's very true for uh, some of us out there who uh, it's them being cheap again for reasons they don't need to be cheap. Um, growing up, I loved keeping. The soaps from the rooms that okay. we didn't use. You are not alone home. with this. That's a great one. I am nowhere close to being the only one who does this. And over, you know, whatever we didn't use, they, they'd replenish your bar soap. They'd replenish your shampoo daily, give you new stuff. And I'd bring it home and I would use it for, you know, as long as I could afterward. Just gives me that essence of being in the parks. It was, a, it was something I did to connect back to my trip. And of course, over the years, they've gone to either, you know, replenishing your soaps once, maybe twice during your stay, or they're doing the dispensers that are uh, on the wall that you press and dispenses out to where you can't take anything home with you. Right. Yet, 
at the same time, um, last I checked, the room prices have only gone up and up and up uh, over the years. They've not gone down any. <laughs> subtly, according you... to IGM, subtly price. Yeah, <laughs> prices yeah going up. I mean, I mean, I would understand if if they just dropped the prices along with it. They had to drop some of the amenities. I get it, but that's not what's happened. It's uh, greatly increased in price. Yet things like that have been taken away from us. And then the, I guess the insult to injury was on our this last trip this last summer. We're staying at Boardwalk. Uh, we were there for 10 days, and twice we got our soaps replenished. That's it. It was there when we first checked in, and about halfway through, they brought us a couple extras. But um, because COVID. Because so, of COVID. But then I go down to the gift store. I go down to the screen door uh, <laughs> gift shop on the boardwalk, and they're selling the shampoo, the bottle of shampoo that would cost me maybe five bucks at Walmart. Ninety-four fifty. It was $35. <laughs> of course it was. $35. So – they're taking it away, but you can get it if you want to pay a freaking arm and a leg for it, and it sucks. I it's that to me just screams paper cuts. Uh, when oh, yeah. we first brought this up, I was like that. That's that's one right off the bat that it it takes away something that it's nothing. It's a little thing. Yes, it's, it's not even free. We're paying for the room. They're 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 they. They're going to try to justify it as we can't give you these things. You're not giving us anything. I'm paying an excessive amount of money to stay on property. Give me those things that come along with it. But now that I know that you're a soap collector, I want to know, did you uh, do you have any of that powdered soap from back in the day in the parks? Because I'd buy a dime bag of that from you. <laughs> I would. I would buy it. I don't have any, but I would totally. That stuff is great. I, that, that would not only take off the germs. That would take off like the top 30 layers of skin. That stuff well, is no joke. You can use that as sandpaper. Just rub it against you. Know, Love it. That, that, those were Pretty the Pretty awesome to snort too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> in in that same vein, something that I think my father is probably the reason why these are gone but the themed napkins, <laughs> mm-hmm. they they used to stamp these and they'd probably change them every year or two with Mickey or with a castle or whatever it may be. But they have replaced them with generic napkins. And those are the things that uh, my father, no hyperbole, would bring an extra suitcase and fill it with napkins and bring it home. And it was his way of uh, having a little bit of Disney back at home where yep. he would, uh, you know, put his English muffin on a Disney napkin in the morning. Yep. So – Absolutely things that people don't even complain about anymore. But my father, who is a bit of a hoarder, will uh, occasionally uncover some of these lost treasures of Disney trips past. And uh, Disney napkin will materialize somewhere in our house. And I'll post a picture on Twitter of it. So, But, uh, I, you know, it's a little thing like a napkin. That's what also sparks them to want to go back. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. A, it's a small thing. It's a thing. reminder. It's a reminder. And I, don't, I think they lose – sight of what some of these small things mean to the guests oh, absolutely. That, that, that gets yeah, them to want to come back. And if those, if those reminders are taken away from them, then who who knows if it's front and center when they're planning their next trip. There, there's nothing – they're losing that connectivity between the guests and the parks. I mean, I snarkily made a joke about Six Flags earlier, but I mean, let's be realistic. Theme parks – do 80% of what Disney does. It's that last mile that, that sets mm-hmm. Disney apart. Mm-hmm. And it, it's what created the brand affinity that causes us grown men to do the show. It's what causes people to pay a tremendous amount of money to go there. It's what co- drives people to bring their kids there. And I, I think screwing that up is uh, it's killing the golden goose and not even knowing it. Yep. This show is going to come off as petty, at least in the eyes of perhaps Disney executives that simply just don't get it. And I think we are all in the camp that most Disney executives don't get it. No. But 
Uh, if this is coming off as petty to you, then I think you're listening to the wrong show. And I'm not trying to turn off our, you know, uh, dozens of listeners that we have. But this is... Yeah, what are you are going the, for here, buddy? <laughs> these are the things that are those little details that have had all of us fall in love with Disney. And they're things that have been slowly stripped away or uh, just no longer became important in the eyes of Disney as a company. So... Well, it may seem like a means of uh, somebody maintaining their job by cutting a line of, hey, if we don't have these napkins printed on anything, if we don't give away these soaps, we can save X amount of dollars. But at what cost long term? Did you lose yep. a customer as a result of this? Or did that customer not get a reminder by using by wiping his ass with a Mickey bar of soap that, hey, I want to go back. And maybe that person that was a once a year visitor is now once a two year visitor. That sort of thing. I, I can legit tell you that I've come down to like my last thing of shampoo. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes to my head is we need to go back. Yep. I'm, I'm out of shampoo. We need to go back. Yeah, it's a it's it's stupid, silly as stupid, but it's but true. Whatever. <laughs> but but that's that's that is what can spark a conversation with the family sure. to decide what they're going to start doing next, and that generates a shit ton of money for the company. But you know, without those little reminders, you just never know. It's like I'm going to Universal, by the way, in a month. You know, like like things like that start tre- sneaking in. Josh going to Dollywood, something like that. It, it, it's. He Those saw boobs. Little, and he's like, I got to go to Dollywood. Got to go back. Right? Kill Kenny <laughs> Rogers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I mean, you talk about the exec these executives that are in charge of the company. You know, I think. 20, 30 years ago, you'd hear stories of these executives that just came up within the company, that came up as fans. I don't, I just don't see much connection at all to these executives now. That yeah, these understand, are guys that met at the yacht club. These, these guys are business that people, the and they don't, they don't understand where we come from on this right, stuff. Right, they never will. Uh, gonna take a sidebar here because you just jogged my memory about something we talked before the show. How, I just realized Kenny Rogers? how how old are we? You, oh, very old. I mean, oh, yeah, it's sad. what Ben just said completely reflects what I'm thinking. It is basically the most get off the lawn thing that I've ever heard of <laughs> in my life. Um, before we started Fucking the show, kids uh, and your rock and your roll. I, uh, I recommended to Ben and Josh. Uh, Josh doesn't like to support other Disney uh, podcasts, but Ben occasionally does. Uh, this is this is why Dan won't have you on, Josh. By the way, I like Dan. Dan and I are good. <laughs> uh, but the most recent episode of the Tomorrow Society podcast, where he has Kevin Lively on the show, uh, Kevin has an interesting story as to how he became an Imagineer. And I think realistically, if that was a path that Ben, Josh, or myself wanted to pursue, his path is a somewhat attainable one. It came with a significant, significant grind to become an Imagineer, but it was still an interesting uh, listen. Is it too late for us, or can we start now? You could. I mean, if you were willing to get paid nothing for you know uh, half a decade, then by all means. But that's the. I think at this point, the the biggest barrier for any one of us, you know, trying to go from a uh, a functional job that can support a family to. Uh, the grind of getting it like any niche industry um, in all seriousness. But it, it, Kevin Lively is primarily a story person. He doesn't have the artistic ability of some of the other people in Imagineering, but has still that creative gene. And it was just an interesting listen. So I, I definitely recommend yeah. that. But, you, but back- you gotta, you gotta move to Florida though, Josh. Also true there. Uh, I, I did get Dan to confirm publicly that, uh, Kevin is his second favorite skipper he's ever had on the show. So I'm still, I'm still <laughs> it's good. True. It's true. Um, 
Josh, why don't you uh, why don't you give us another one? I think I'll eventually end up on that show. By the way, but, uh, <laughs> not right. over our dead bodies. I got, a, I got another one on the list here. Um, remove the wraps from the Skyliner gondolas. That's a great one. I didn't have that um, on there, but that's a fantastic one. This is I something have that put more. And I, and I like this one because I'm going to start out with saying something positive. Yep. I don't think it was a fundamentally bad idea that they had. I'm glad That's that they tried fair. it, but it didn't work. It because the impact that is positive that 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 aesthetic has from the ground is minimal to almost non-existent. There's so many of them that they they're Would just. Would you not say really it's noticeable. on par with like saying seeing a box truck? <laughs> well, you know, maybe you could stick you're, these you're on make the box my truck. For I don't me. Know. Thank you, but. Um, <laughs> You know, the impact that it has on the view from the from the Skyliner cars out is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And if anyone listening has only ridden either one or the other, so the I would view encourage from the you inside to- is what matters is what you're getting at, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean that that is the win of the Skyliner. Okay. I mean but it that, doesn't you know, apply to the box truck, right? Uh, okay, look, I'm not Tim. <laughs> You are arguing in circles, my friend. I'm not, because a Skyliner <laughs> is a much more unique and interesting looking ride vehicle than a fucking box truck. What you know what I don't have in my neighborhood? I don't have, a Sky, I don't have a Skyliner in my neighborhood that I can go look at. I get, there's box trucks, though. And when one goes by, I don't stop to look at it unless it looks like, you know, it's up to something uh, that's no good. I mean, I... I <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tim. I know you're better than this. You're just baiting me at this point. Oh, absolutely. Because it's so obvious. <laughs> but I know. I think that no, would you're be, 100% right on the Skyliner, though. It's it's almost no money. You, you know, scrape them, clean them. Um, it looks fine. It's a neat-looking attraction. You could put characters um, on there that don't block the windows, too. There are ways yeah, to do that as well. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not saying they have to be completely plain Jane, but I mean, the ones that have nothing on them at all look absolutely fine. Yeah, and absolutely. They are, they are absolutely, for anyone who hasn't ridden yet, you want those. If you have to wait 10 minutes to get into one that doesn't have the wrap, you should do that because mm-hmm. the entirety of your ride is going to be infinitely better. And if if... I mean, I know that nobody has a device on them right now that could take pictures or videos, but if someone were to have some sort of photo taking device on them and is stuck in a thing for 10 minutes, this has an elevated view of one of the coolest places in the world. Uh, you might want to take pictures out of it. And I can assure you that doing that through that wrap is no bueno. Yeah, it's, it's no good. It's no good. No, that's a great one. Um, hundred percent agree with that. Woohoo. I got one that Tim didn't hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got some, some smaller ones. And I really don't even have – I don't have a solution here other than removal. Uh, why are there so many damn payphones everywhere? Mm-hmm. There, I kind of think a, they're retro at this point. They, they might be swinging around to the 50s. Bill. There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a bank in Pecos Bill. Uh, the Odyssey, which I kind of got because they didn't have that open all that often, has payphones. But they are everywhere. There's zero need for, for this many damn payphones. As Josh just mentioned, we have these magical devices uh, in our – in our pockets that uh, solve this problem. So yeah, we can get rid of all the payphones. <laughs> on a related note, didn't you guys do a fanboy episode where you you called a couple of them from outside oh, yeah, the yeah. park? I feel like <laughs> we might it might be time to revitalize that. I mean, if they're going to leave them there, we should at least be. Call- I mean, I feel like a kid that's seventeen years old wouldn't know what the hell that th- he'd think it's a fire alarm if, if that thing started ringing. I think. So we called the ones in uh, the UK pavilion. And so those are like the Superman phone booth type things or, or yeah. like the, the pseudo TARDIS type things. TARDIS, so yeah. Red, t- red TARDIS. That, that's a little bit different because not a little bit. That's very different. That's supposed to be, uh, all right, uh, a moment in time in the UK 
that is part of the surrounding area. This, this is just a payphone bank at Pecos Bill. Like, why is that there? There's zero reason for that to be there. Give more seating, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to do in its place. But It would be fun to walk up to it just in a real loud voice and be like, the Hindenburg is lost. The humanity is unbelievable. <laughs> well, in the, in the Wild West, they did have payphones. So, That's true. Uh, Good point. The only one the theming. <laughs> Call the sheriff. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, ben, uh, are you going to go back to the box truck or do you have something else? So there's this box truck that they use <laughs> to transport. Um, this is uh, maybe a bit more of a paper, bigger than just a small paper cut, but uh, okay. I keep going back to things. I don't, I don't like losing value with prices going up. Okay. And this has happened over the years and they've, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it a paper cut because they've done it by like, small increments and I just never see it going back the other way. And I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but um, park, park hours need to be longer period. Okay. We, yeah, we pay, one. we pay enough. The price keeps going up every year yet. It's gone from, you know, midnight to 11 to 10 to there's there. The magic kingdom should never close before nine o'clock. And I Agreed. say, I actually think it should never close before 10 o'clock ever, ever. An eight o'clock close, a seven o'clock close. Hollywood Studios half the year closes at seven o'clock. How would you feel about a seven o'clock close if it was accompanied with a second gate, which is what they've been doing? Or do no. you want it to be? So, are you in general uh, in favor of how they've done those um, limited edition or limited uh, attendance parties versus like the not so scary? No. And I, I, I'm going to go back to Disneyland. Okay. Disneyland's open late the majority yep. of the year, period. That's because it is a different crowd. You have to recognize that Disneyland is a crowd that see- arrives after dinner usually. Cool. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe more people would arrive after dinner in Florida too if they were open. That's also possible. Like, is that what's, late. what's the reason why? Is it because they're open later yeah. or because I mean, the demand is there? I think I think Epcot's pretty busy at night because it consistently stays open until nine, and they've done they do food and wine. You know, some form right. of a food and wine year round. The Magic Kingdom will never be just a ghost town at ten o'clock at night ever. It's just not, it's not lined up to do that. Hollywood Studios, no. especially, wouldn't Hollywood Studios is a ten p.m. park. Yeah. It is. There's so you know, freaking Galaxy's Edge is beautiful at night, and you rarely get to see it past seven o'clock. Right now, the only park that should be closing at seven is Animal Kingdom, and, and that's I say fine this, this because is my favorite like, park. But they don't have the attraction lineup that's open late enough to and, to dictate a later open. And I, I am okay, I'm okay with them, you know, even relying on the animal reason and excuse for that to, to close that park early. I'm okay with that. That park, like, that one's fine. The other three. No, no, a, no need no need to have it early yeah. closing. And especially with prices going up every single year. Season sure. passes going up every single year. You're adding on and taking away, and that sucks. And I, I with this, they see that the parks are packed right now with the prices they charge and the hours they do. We're giving them no reason to extend it. And this group has given us, again, no benefit. You can't give them the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, we should do right and extend these hours. It's just not going to happen. And it sucks. I think uh, certainly a, a very good point. I don't know that anybody's going to really argue with that. I've got one that is really a general statement that I'm sure you guys can pile onto. Uh, I wrote it as eliminate operational stupidity. <laughs> and there's been a lot of it just introduced recently, but it has existed for, for a while. 
But uh, my examples of things that have been added recently were uh, AP holders not being allowed to pay uh, for Genie Plus ahead of time. Uh, but the one that has been happening more recently uh, is related to the park reservations. First off, you got to get rid of them as soon as possible. But until such time that those are eliminated, definitely don't enforce it after 2 p.m. That is the dumbest possible thing mm-hmm. that they could be doing. It just adds a layer of stupid complexity to a system that just doesn't need it. Yep. But other things that they have the ability to do this, and they do it in Disneyland, adding a photo to your ticket and or your annual pass that appears when it's scanned, uh, because uh, annual pass holders especially have to present their ID at any point now because uh, Disney doesn't trust their annual pass holders. So if you want your 25 cents off a bag of candy, you got to pull out six forms of ID and give them a blood sample. So get your photo taken with your annual pass. They used to do this in the 80s. Uh, you have computers now where it can all pop up on it. It really shouldn't be that difficult to do it. It'll cost Disney nine figures to implement this type of system, but it absolutely should be in place. Um, and then as I look at the Genie Plus related things, uh, it needs to recognize what park you're in. Uh, there's a lot of redundancy in the app now where you've got the menu that historically has just shown wait times. And now you have that same information on the tip board. You don't need both, uh, with genie plus recognizing what part you're park you're in. You also need to have the disability access function of it. Recognize the park you're in. Ben, I don't know if you've ever done this, uh, where you kind of play which phone is working with, uh, booking a lightning lane or a fast pass plus or, uh, disability pass, but mm-hmm. uh, Marie has an Android, I have an iPhone, and depending mm-hmm. on what queue we're in, if we're trying to book our next thing, one phone works and the other one doesn't because of a poor cell service. Um, that type of stuff happens all the time, and there just needs to be a little bit more consistency with it. And the uh, last thing that I had on just this batch of operational stupidity is Disney Genie itself. Not the Disney Genie Plus, but the Disney Genie planning mechanism is atrocious. It's an embarrassment, and they should just pull it off the system or have Len do it. And I say that not tongue-in-cheek, but he has been doing this for a decade. His budget is probably one one-hundredth of what theirs is, and I don't, I don't think that's being that hyperbolic. And it works substantially better. So don't do it if you can't actually do it. Yep. But – in general, I'm sure you guys have things to pile on with just operational stupidity related items that they're doing. I actually had something very similar. Josh? Okay. <laughs> I mean, basically, I, what I had here is care about the guest experience, which basically yeah. meant exactly the same thing. You know, they're, the, the thing is, Disney has a long history of proving that they have the capability of doing it right. So when they don't, mm-hmm. you have to assume that it isn't due to a lack of ability. It's due to a lack of caring or a lack of willingness to spend the money to actually get it done. And I mean, there's, this is kind of what the paper cut show is all about. And I think there's an infinite number of things that, that could go on this list. And everyone listening right now is yelling at their radio with the one that annoyed them on their last trip. Sure. You know, but, but those are all good points. I mean, just care. You know, yep. no matter how, how good of a job you do, no matter how much you care and how skilled you are, there's always going to be hiccups and that's okay. And that's, we're not saying be perfect. That's not reasonable. But, um, if you really, really go to work, if you are a, a manager and you're shaping the culture of this company and it's important to you that the guest experience be seconded under the world, then it, it will happen. If you just make all of your decisions, based on that being a guiding principle of the company, then I believe that will ultimately prevail. And it seems to me that, uh, you know, a decade and a half of not having that be a high enough priority has landed us exactly where we are. There is a, uh, a big one that I, that I missed on that list that uh, I know we've all encountered. 
And there, there is another solution to the problem, which is eliminate things like the lightning lane and FastPass Plus. But assuming that those are staying put for the purposes of this fix, uh, the touch point speed and location uh, needs to be modified at all attractions to avoid queues spilling out into walkways. Yeah. And whether that means you've got more touch points, um, because, I mean, some of these readers are taking five or ten seconds per transaction, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. You've effectively capped uh, – you're capped by whatever that bottleneck is. So you've got uh, a user involved, whereas previously it was a slip of paper, and the act of handing over a piece of paper was easier than lining up your RFID-enabled uh, ticket media with the the reader. Uh, the other thing that I think is just such an obvious thing, and now we're you know nine, ten years into using these touch points, if there's a way for one member of your party to scan their ticket and it reads for all connected people in your party, that solves the problem in yeah. a lot of these cases. So yeah. you don't have those bottlenecks at the entrance. And yes, all right, you eliminate the side of, all right, my, uh, my kid wants to scan their pass. Well, then you change each ride. All right, this kid gets a scan at this time. This kid gets a scan at that time. Because previously, uh, you would hand over five fast passes for your group of five, and they would just count, and that's what they would do. And it was it was a little bit simpler. So things that can improve bottlenecks uh, would go into that operational efficiency uh, component. So any other I mean, suggestions I, related to lightning lane touch points and fixing those spilling into walkways would be great. I, I mean, I, I don't think I disagree with what you said, except to say that I don't think this is a paper cut. This is a situation where they spent, they, they introduced something that sucks and they're <laughs> keeping point. it Fair based point. on the fact that they spent a lot of money for it. it. You know, it's, and that's not a good justification. I don't know any of all of the casual Disney goers that I know and talk to, I, that have gone for enough time to have a, you know, fair basis to compare the system that's been there for the past few years versus what was there before. I've not met one that thinks this is better. It's a massive negative impact on the guest experience and they're just, they're in love with it for God knows what reason. And I don't care what reason. I don't, I don't have to care. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm the guest. It's my opinion that I'm, ta- <laughs> that's the perspective I'm speaking from and it's made things worse. Get that shit out of there. You know, you can move the touch points all you want, but they should go back to what they had 10 years ago and be better. Do either of you have anything that's, say, a a tweak to an attraction or an area that you just think – yeah, why don't you – give us one of those because that's, I think, a little bit more positive and uplifting. I mean, it's on the fence of maybe what is uh, a paper cut because I don't have the data to know, but it's make the harmonious barges removable so that they don't have to be visible in the daytime. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. If I wanted to go more aggressive, I would have said get rid of Harmonious because I think the show sucks. (laughs) But I I tried to keep in the spirit of the assignment and say, you know, fine. If that's, if, if that's the story they want to tell, then fine. But they are, there's a story they're telling in the daytime too. And that story is bad. So that needs to happen. I think just period that needs to happen. I don't care what it costs. Find the money, pull the uh, pillows out of the couch and find the money. Pull it from the Yeti replacement fund. Yeah, exactly. Just fix it. It's unacceptable. It's embarrassing. Ben, do you have anything that's kind of in that vein or even on a smaller scale than that? Because I I agree that that probably is too costly for a paper cut, but it's also something that just should have been built in at the beginning. Agreed. I I don't have a current top of my head example of this. I can only speak back to when I was a cast member of something that drove me wild and crazy Uh and nuts. And it's making easy fixes quicker. 
Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, just having a means of doing yeah. it. So when I worked at Muppets for over a four-year period, uh, the one thing that drove me nuts was the, the fireworks panels yeah, yeah. on the ceiling. Uh, or arrows, uh, you know, the, 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 the arrows that would shoot out of the balconies and, and just small minor effects wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't work one summer. And then I'd come back the next summer and it's still not working. And then I'd come back the next summer. Oh, it's still not working. To the point to where this last trip in, in 2021, I finally sat back and, and was able to look at everything that I knew was broken uh, yeah. from when I worked there from nearly 20 years ago. And I was able to sit back and go, oh, my God, everything everything works. Uh, it's You see the little things on every attraction, and it seems like they wait for an attraction to go down before they really start addressing these things, as opposed to like every night, just finding those little small things and getting them done and take care of them as fast as they can. So and what's not the process waiting. to report that? I mean, you would know this better than any of us. So what's the process to report if you see something broken? Well, I mean, the process was making a note of it and handing it off to the uh, engineers who were, you know, coming in at night, you know, we, you would shut down the ride and basically hand the keys over okay. uh, to, 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 a tech group that would their job was to do these things overnight. Sure. They, they were to sit there and go through the stuff. And oftentimes the little things wouldn't come up on their radar. It, they'd have to wait for a big break to go down. And, and that's when they would go take a look at the, at the stuff. But, you know, again, where Josh says, you, you know, think this is it, just a maintenance it, staffing issue. Can I say maintenance laziness issue? It, it could be. I mean, you don't work I there mean, anymore. Who are you offending? No. So, I mean, I think that's, part of it like do i need to go do that do i need to go do that can somebody else can do that and it gets just passed off passed off passed off type situation not my problem right and so like what josh said earlier earlier like a six flags other parks you know do 80 percent of this it's the 20 percent that puts disney over the top it's the arrow that sticks out of walter from statler's balcony Mm -hmm. that got shot from the screen that when you're walking out and you see that it's freaking awesome when it's not there you know it, it it you're it not missing it until it's not there, or it, right. like, until you see it. You don't know. There's a um, a term, and I'm probably butchering it, but I remember from uh, 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 college. It was like capacity utilization. That like your satisfaction level may not be at a hundred percent. You don't necessarily know why. So yeah. you may walk out of Muppets ninety five percent satisfied, not knowing that something was missing, uh, or that it could just be that much better. That's exactly right. And, you know, we would see it on the Jungle Cruise where th- things wouldn't be working and stuff like that. Jungle Cruise actually got addressed quite quicker uh, than anything. Muppets, just especially the time period I worked there, was just – they never worked on anything mm-hmm. ever. Nothing. Uh, and so that's that's what just – and it doesn't drive me enough that it, like, ruins my trip. But at the same time, I'm – you know, we're, all three of us are kind of numb to it a little bit to where it kind of sucks when we see things like that. But – it sucks even more for that person who's experiencing that ride for the first time and not getting the full deal uh, because they're just not quickly addressing these situations. So again, I just think they wait for rides to go down for a month to address everything when they could be working on a lot of these stuff on a nightly basis, a lot quicker. Uh, Speaking of rides that are going to be down for several months, uh, we mentioned the Yeti earlier. But I'm going to put out the other thing that I complain about on that is the light uh, the light leak on the backward section of that. Uh, 
a tarp or two will solve that problem, and I hope that it's addressed on this closure. Yeah. I'm not Let's expecting ra- the Yeti, but yes. Let's round up. Any problem in the, any park that could be fixed with caulk should yeah. immediately be fixed. <laughs> like, what, we, we shouldn't have to have a committee meeting in order to get that done. Exactly, exactly. So something that I had that was a just a relatively – C-A-U-K. Yeah, we, we, we got it. We, we, it was too obvious a joke to us to go with something. Oh, you didn't mean cock? Like- <laughs> that took it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> this, I think, is just an easy fix. I got it. I'll fix to, it. To, uh, an easy change <laughs> to an older attraction. Uh, different colored pew-pews and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. I think it would just make it a – all you need is, you know – Half a dozen different colors, and you have a better idea of where your light is. But when you've got a hundred red lights in a building, you generally don't know where your pew pew is. So how I think about, that's actually about, a pretty good uh, idea. How about making the lights brighter? Period. I'll, that, I'll take that would also red help. lights. It take yeah. I, that first room takes me two minutes to start figuring out which the which one is mine because it's so faint coming out of my gun. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Every time I go on that, I end up putting my hand in front of the gun to make sure my laser is working. So, uh, I mean, I I have no depth perception, so I suck at it. But By the way, that's a technique you don't want to translate into an actual gun range. (laughs) No, that'll work, too. I don't see what the problem is. (laughs) You will know if it's working. That is true. But those are other types of things that we look at where we've got – uh, like Buzz Lightyear itself, all right, there's some people that really like the ride. Uh, it's a grassy family favorite, but by no means I think do I think it's a sacred attraction. But it's also something where a little change like that uh, doesn't significantly change the attraction in a lot of people's eyes, but it really does make it better. So yeah. those are all other types of things, uh, like the arrow. like And that the arrow is more just a maintenance thing. This is a marginal improvement to an attraction that steps it up significantly. I, I think there's uh, there's lighting issues, I think, on several attractions that oh, yeah, haven't been addressed. Uh, I, I I can hardly see anything in the staircase, the Escher scene on the Haunted Mansion anymore. When you okay. go in that room and you, it's so dark along with the footsteps getting uh, – they're not as bright as they used to be when they first came on. It's so hard to see in there. The same with uh, – Spaceship Earth, the, uh, the as you first go up that hill and you see the woolly mammoth scene, I can barely see the screen anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know it, what it to just, do in that scene. I mean, other than just redo that scene entirely, and I hope it this, does. But it's almost like they haven't changed the bulb in the projector. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, it, that literally is probably the problem. I don't yeah, know that that's it, ever been bright, but it's it's. I just don't. There's there's times you get up there though, and it's it's almost like you're looking at a black wall. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it hasn't been good, I don't think, ever. <laughs> I worry about requesting anyone going into Spaceship Earth to do anything. I just I feel like that ride is so close to having one person make a slip-up that ends up getting it demolished. I, it we do like- have one that we've mentioned, though, related to Spaceship Earth. Uh, fix the timing on the line uh, of the line on this, our Spaceship Earth. Yeah, where I agree. That is, that is off by a bit. It used to be a reveal. It used to be a legit goosebump moment. When you're watch when you're on that attraction, and part of that may be just Jeremy Irons' voice, but uh, I think the timing of it when you had the reveal of "Hey, I'm actually you know in space right now" was a very cool moment, and the timing is just messed up ever so slightly, and it is a a different mood I think uh, at the top of the uh, yeah. of that attraction. So, and that seems easily fixable to me without knowing what it actually involves at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what it would involve other than perhaps just I mean, it changing used to the work. timing. 
I mean, like you can look. We we talked Planet Coaster uh, on. The, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but we've talked about you it on talked shows. Planet Coaster. But that's something where like you can change the timing of a trigger. Like you pass by this puck or whatever it is, and you change the timing by half a second, and you solve that problem. So it yeah. can't be that difficult to make a change like that. Uh, it can't be that hard coded to the attraction. Uh, <laughs> the timing is structurally integral to Spaceship Earth. If you pull it out, the entire thing just uh, collapses. Exactly. <laughs> Josh, what do you have for another one? Uh, so, one more. God, I tried to go a little lowbrow here. I've got another one that goes with it, um, but it's just clean the monorail beams. They and did I don't it once know. Ten years ago, I don't know what the problem is. Did they? <laughs> they did power wash them a while ago, but yeah. Okay. Um, because one of the things that's very striking. When you look at old pictures of, of Epcot in particular, because that was a park where you always had a view down under the roofs. And uh, in Fantasyland and Tomorrowland, you had a similar sort of thing when the Skyway was there. Um, it just – things were clean. And it was kind of the – I'm going to bring up the box truck again. It, it's this idea that there are some things that are generally out of sight but sometimes might be seen. And when you, when the company shows enough care to to – uh, respect the things that are generally out of sight as though they will be seen. I think that is a way of demonstrating respect for the guest and a way of signaling to the world that this is a venue that is of a higher quality than what most of their competitors are offering. And right now, the monorail beams look like hell. Um, you know, there's a lot of them. It's probably a lot of work. I know there, there's actually styrofoam in the middle of them. It's like concrete sprayed, straight, uh, sprayed around polystyrene. So I'd imagine if you went in in a non-cautious manner, you could do a lot of damage. But I, I just have a hard time believing that there is no science known to man that can get those things back to looking uh, like they're clean and cared for. And I think that would be a great way to, to show everyone driving on a property that this place uh, is special. I remember that it was a big deal in the fan community that they were finally power watching them in Epcot. And I, I can't find an article to its effect. Um, but it, it, it had was, to be quite a while ago. It, it was a while ago. I mean, yeah. it, it was in the internet era for whatever that's worth, but I would <laughs> like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was, the infor- you ago. saw it on the information superhighway. I did on the WWWs. I, well, it we'll wouldn't probably, surprise me if it was 10 years ago though. We'll be in the metaverse before they clean them again. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, uh, Ben, what else do you have? Nothing? Okay. Uh, there's these box trucks that <laughs> are being... Um, no, I, I'll let you go again. Okay. I, I can throw another one out if you want. Uh, I've, I've got one here, and I think this was almost the uh, uh, motivation for this, uh, or something that I use as an example for it. Uh, the Beast's Castle above Be Our Guest. Uh, they talked about the Force Perspective about this, and I just don't think it works well for this no. particular thing. So... If they can't get it sized a little bit bigger, like if if they haven't found a size that works wherever they want the um, uh, the visuals of it, I think there are pockets of Seven Dwarves Mine Train where it looks appropriate, but that's it. Uh, so it might be a situation where you just have to remove it entirely, but reassess that particular set piece uh, because so it doesn't. It's a it doesn't scaling issue is your main issue. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right. So just just a a small thing. Uh, it's certainly not ruining vacations, but it doesn't look properly scaled, even with the goal of force perspective. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Josh, you're up. The next one I have is very generic, but I don't think anyone who's been to the parks in the last few years will have any trouble understanding what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's just titled "Finish What You Started," 
And <laughs> the two things that leap off the page to me here are the Tron attraction in Magic Kingdom and basically all of what was formerly Future World and Epcot. Um, look, I get that there's COVID. I, I understand what that is and all that, but, um, you know, you're charging, you're raising prices while simultaneously having people march through a construction site. Uh, it should be just a patent embarrassment to the people who are running these parks. Um, Cosmic Rewind has literally been a visual intrusion for four years and it isn't yep. open yet. Yep. And, you know, Tron is what? How many days into that construction are there? You know, I, just to remind people who might We're not We're measuring have, it at eons now. I mean, Disneyland went from being an orange grove to being an, a functional theme park in like 362 days. It was mm, less yeah. than a year. And, uh, you know, the company takes so long to do things now. And the, this is the, one of – The current time frame dates back to Test Track. <laughs> This that, is one of the, uh, the, the, the everything's been so slow since since yeah. the debacle of Test Track in the mid '90s, uh, and nothing has opened quick since then. So this isn't. I know what you said there with COVID and stuff like that, but this is they've got a history of it now. They've got a they've got several a couple few decades of uh, some of it's deliberate being, too, and it's it's yeah. to spread out costs, and that in itself is frustrating. Yep, yep. Yeah, guests don't care. That's that's your problem, yep. not theirs. Yeah, open it yesterday. And, this is one of the areas where Universal is just handing in their shirt every every single time. Right. You know, Universal silently or near silently can, comes up with an idea. It's a good idea. They implement mm -hmm. it well. They build it quickly and they open it and it's just, you know, look at the reviews. I mean, I understand where the excitement about Universal comes from because they're they're honestly doing it better and they're like a really good – the Olympics are coming up so I'll make a figure skating joke. You know, when you look at a like a – a brilliant top tier athlete do whatever they do. They make it look easy. You could look yeah. at it and go, shit, maybe I might be able to go out tomorrow and, you know, go buy that equipment and do it because it just doesn't look that hard. And that's what Universal is doing. And everything that Disney does seems impossibly hard because they can't get it done. And that's just, it's just embarrassing because it's, it's not the reality of it. It's just all of these bullshit constraints that they've put on themselves so that all of these middle and upper managers can get their bonuses. But the machine that actually builds the wealth that funds all this uh, is just, you know, creaking and falling apart because no one seems to give a shit. Did Josh just say he's going to make an ice skating joke? And yet and two things really he it? did, he didn't reference ice skating, nor was it a joke. <laughs> Well, when you watch a figure skater, uh, you know they make it look easy, and you think you can go buy skates and figure skate. And when you oh. look at when you look at Universal, I think I can run a theme park because they make it look easy. Absolutely, now that Josh died on my job. <laughs> hey, by the way, did I tell you guys I get to ride Velocicoaster like in four weeks? I'm very jealous. Mm -mm. The this goes back to the marketing thing, and it it's the I think Disney likes the idea of the hype train. And it's it's what fuels the D23 Expo. For it's the only like railroad myself. that's currently operating. It's also it. true. Uh, Wild Life Express train is operating. But the uh, if, you, if you look at just the announcement cycle for Disney, this is not anything new that we're complaining about. But they announced something five years ahead of opening, and COVID delays that even more. And the, the flip side over at Universal is they're already building something, and they just give a sniff of what it's going to be. And they just let the thing rely, or the, the thing open and do the marketing for it. Uh, but we've talked about the flaw in all of this. It goes to the IP-driven things. It goes to announcing things super early. And you can only be disappointed in those things. They've, they've certainly had their hits in recent years, but it's – it's led to more disappointment than than ever as well. So 
when you announce Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is opening and then it opens with one attraction. No. And then you just get, all right, well, this billion dollar land didn't open with a signature attraction and people are shitting on it. And now people don't care about that signature attraction. Well, that's not entirely true. It didn't drive attendance to the park. It was just that, all right, those that were already going are now going to this thing. So mission not really accomplished. Yes, you've improved things, but you don't get the marketing benefit of it. Uh, I, I love to hear an, an argument to the contrary, but I just think Disney has been mismanaging the marketing of their theme parks, and I think that's fueled by an executive team that simply doesn't understand them. So You're not going to get an argument from me. I mean, yeah. There's an old joke that you know for investors, you, you buy on the rumor and sell on the news, and yeah. it seems like Disney is very much in that. You know, They're very good about telling you what they're going to do, but they suck at doing it. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, and the Star Wars Galactic, uh, Starbucks truck is no, you know, <laughs> difference in that. I mean, look Brought at the, the hype of that. You know, it's sitting in the middle of the parking lot of MG. I mean, it's just, it's just bad. I mean, they're just the implementation on what they've, look at the, look at the concept art that they've showed at the last few D23s. I mean, it's, mm. it looks like a Rorschach test. I mean, they have no fucking clue what they want to build, which probably contributes to why they can't actually build anything. So we've seen several, uh, overhead shots of Epcot. And none of them are going to be the finished product. Uh, we may yeah. see another one in September. But, I mean, it's, it's a perfect example of it. And don't get me wrong. I love seeing those types of announcements. But at the same time, if those types of announcements were made by Universal, the things would open within a year and a half. And Disney announces things and they open five years later. And any hype that was built up dissipated four and a half years uh, yeah, prior to absolutely. the opening. So. Anyway, Dis we Disney, Disney has become – there used to be this I, – I, this might still go on to some degree, but there used to be these like car shows, n not like car shows that you have at your local like Bojangles, but y you know, like industry car shows. This is for my friend Sarah. Bojangles. All of them, all of the manufacturers would go there. You know, the 1986 is going to be the year of the flying car. You know, just every year they would announce shit. It would never come true. You knew it was vapor. That was just the, the sure. shtick of those things. And that's what Disney has become. You know, whereas you look at a company like Apple or even Microsoft to a lesser degree, you know, they, they announce a product and then six months later, you can go buy that product. Uh, you know, that's, that's how you develop confidence that what you're talking about at these trade shows is a preview of what you're doing and not just, uh, you know, nonsense that has nothing, no bearing whatsoever on the reality of what you're going to produce. And uh, to me, I, I mean, I, I know you just spent a buttload of money on going to D23, but to me, I, I can't imagine why you would do that because they never deliver on anything that they ever say there. They, uh, so the, the last couple of times they've made the announcements, but to my point that I made before, it's announcing something in 2017 that opens five years later. And, the fact that there haven't been in, been any announcements for the things that should have opened in 2021, Cosmic Rewind, Tron, uh, for whatever is going to follow that, has me thinking that current trends would say, all right, maybe we do hear some announcements in 2022, but the things aren't opening until 2026, 2027. So in the meantime, you've got Universal, who is uh, going full throttle on not just their third park, but additions to the other parks, then... They're, they are absolutely going to continue to give up ground. So uh, we have plenty more of these. Perhaps we do one or two more. Uh, I got one more. Can I do one more real fast? Go for it. Bring back the yearly 
trip planning videos, you cowards. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I miss my DVDs. I miss my VHS tapes. It doesn't take you. You, you can, it can be digitalized. Is Stacy J still? What, what's it, up it, with Stacy J? Exactly it. Put it Dust on YouTube. The, 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 the most, the biggest expense of these things, the production and distribution of them, if it's only gone they now. Had a streaming platform to put this on. Yeah. Put it on there. Put it yeah. on YouTube, but bring it back. Give me, give me that hour long video that tells me all the cool new thing. Oh, wait. I guess you have to have cool new things coming to the parks <laughs> to, uh, justify doing it, but whatever. I loved it every year growing up. I would, I, I knew what was in the parks. I knew what was coming. I didn't need to see it, but I called that 800 number every that single time. That was your train, though. That was your yep. marketing. Yep. And now it's a fraction of the cost to do that. All it takes is them going out there uh, with a crew and shooting mm-hmm. a few stand-ups, taking all that video you've already got of all the attractions already and edit it together and and put it on your streaming platforms, put it on there. Get it, make, it, make it shareable, though. That's the other thing is make it to where I can send it to my friend who – uh, has not ever been to Disney and be like, you need to go watch this video. You'll, the, you'll, you'll definitely want to go if you watch this video and see all the cool things there. They've gotten away from those little things. And again, it was a free deal that we all got. Uh, but it'll be know. free for the $200 photo package people. And I don't want to rely on like Tim tracker to do this for me. I, I want, I want the company to have to do this. Don't, don't rely on YouTubers or whatever else to, to do your work for you. You get out there and grind have, and do the work and give it have to they us. They still not found him. No, uh, <laughs> I, I have one on that was on my original list, and it has been satisfied. It was remove boarding groups on Remy. So mm. bra- bravo! That was on my uh, original list when we first started talking about this a couple months ago, and they have satisfied that. Can, can I throw a quick in that it, that was uh, also satisfied? Was bring the trams back at Magic Kingdom? So <laughs> okay, that's how long we've been planning this episode. Yes, yes, I have one that. Uh, this is for an audience of one, which is generally what I target. That's that's how you build an audience, buddy. Yeah. But it's something that I think is also appropriate for this show. My uh, Marie's stepfather mentioned this to me several years ago, and it stuck with me, that the tile at Brown Derby is not period specific, uh, <laughs> especially in the restroom. So I guess in that time period, they would not have rounded tile uh, approaching the grout. And that's what they have there. And nobody cares about this except uh, except. Doug. I was going to say, I'm thinking of how many – there's 9 million things that <laughs> and, and should so, get fixed so before recently, this. So recently, I was having a conversation with him and I said, we're doing a show where this type of stupid shit would get mentioned. And this is the only time that this type of stupid shit would get mentioned. <laughs> so give me some specifics about it. And I said, this is literally for you as the audience. Nobody else cares about this. I love it. Is but he going to hear is- this? No, he's not going to care. Uh, <laughs> this is, but it, it's those types of things that actually did historically matter. And because you have uh, uh, the the czar of Epcot right now going around getting flooring samples that we make uh, make fun of, uh, that is the type of stuff that they would pay attention to. And it, this is not something that is going to take anybody out of it. Uh, with the exception of him. Uh, but it's something that I just thought was interesting to mention that it was things and that Disney would historically look at and make sure that something would fit the area and the time period being represented. Oh, I got another one. Go for it. This, I guess this might not be a paper cut. It might cost a little money to do this, but uh, you've got enough examples now, especially on social media of when it rains real heavy, how bad some areas flood. Yep. Fix it. <laughs> don't stop it. till I, it's I, fixed <laughs> I don't need to see Tomorrowland ankle deep in water again 
like we know it it one two things it rains a lot in Florida and we know this area floods figure out a drainage system to take care of that it, what like, about that it, ITM article that uh, asks whether or not Disney controls the weather <laughs> consult with them find out <laughs> if that's true or not and then address it but my that god was, we, that was 24 pages of hard-headed journalism I'm gonna <laughs> tell you right now <laughs> Uh, Josh, do you have one more and then we perhaps wrap the show? Yeah, I got one more for you here. Uh, let me pick one. Oh, yeah. Remove the Incredibles bric-a-brac from the rooms of the contemporary. <laughs> I, I uh, agree. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> call it a paper cup, but it's something that they shouldn't have done in the first place. Yeah, I don't know what kind of crack they were smoking there, but they should either share it or undo the choices that they made on that night because they took what is, I think, clearly the most iconic bit of uh, – uh, you know, architecture on property. It's the most unique building there for sure. Um, and they dumbed it down to something that hasn't have any real relation to it for reasons I can't understand. We asked but, the question, who was this for? Who was yeah, asking I mean, for this? I know how much this, I spent my honeymoon in those rooms and I paid half because I had a cast member help me out. So I know how expensive they are. And the answer is very. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as someone who flew corporate jets for a good part of my life. I spent a lot of time around people that had way more money than me that I know what kind of accommodations they wanted. And uh, although stretching girls were something that they were into, uh, that particular one is not the thing that they were willing to pay for. <laughs> yeah, I, it, that's it's something we've, we've discussed that on here. I, I don't understand who that was for. And I think you would probably turn more people away than you're going to gain from, yeah. from that change. And there's going to be some people that don't care, but I think you're you're hurting more than helping with the change. Absolutely, like but keep Absolutely. Moana at the poly. I, that one I I'm not really a fan of either. <laughs> but I, I, in in cases like this, like so sorry, we're going down this avenue. Uh, <laughs> in, in cases like this, are, wait, I, I, are we going down the avenue in a box truck? That's what yes, I want. Yes, we are. Know. We are. Right, you can't ahead. see the uh, the outside of it. So <laughs> in cases like this, like they did themed rooms in moderates, and they didn't do all of the rooms. I have less of an issue with that. But when you're taking a deluxe resort on the fucking monorail line and just yeah. overhauling the entirety of it, I don't I don't understand the logic in that. Like if you wanted to have, you know, uh, a pocket of Incredibles themed rooms on the garden wings of the contemporary as a means of getting those to sell out more to families, fine, do it if that's the approach that you want to take. But – I don't think the entirety of the audience of people that was going to go to the contemporary wanted that. It just no. seems ill-conceived from the get-go. And the same is true of the Moana rooms. If you want those rooms that are on the outskirts to do it, and that's exactly what they did on the moderates. They put it on those less popular rooms to raise up the cachet of those rooms. Um, but you have to recognize that not everybody wants, uh, wants that theming. So anyway, neither here nor there. Applaud them for uh, taking the boarding groups away from Remy. But <laughs> Hooray. If, uh, if you have any questions or topic ideas, we're going to do more of these paper cut shows because I think we only scratch the surface here. Uh, you can did, we email bring us. Up the did we bring up the box truck at Star Wars? Or? <laughs> we did not yet. Maybe we'll save that for the next show. Okay, save that for the next one. We'll start okay. with that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can email us at martycalled at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycalled or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. Mention some of your paper cuts over there. Uh, we'd also appreciate our listeners bookmarking our Amazon affiliate link over on martycalled.com 
the tax season's approaching, and if your accountant is anything like me, you're probably going to jail. But also, they can be easily bribed with office supplies and baked goods. So be sure to make all of those purchases on Amazon, and if you do, please go through our Amazon affiliate link. There's a big link on martycall.com. Just start your navigation there. doesn't cost you a penny more, but helps us out with purchases you're going to make anyway. Ben, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Box Truck, and you can find my top ten <laughs> column in every issue of Attractions Magazine. Josh, same question. Uh, Utilidors.com. Thank you. You can, you can find me at WDW Theme Parks on Twitter, WDWThemeParks.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Have a magical evening. May the force be with you. And your box truck. So uh, we meant to mention this during the show. We are going to start a contest on the Marty Called podcast. The contest is win a box of shit from Tim's basement. Uh, full disclosure, not all shit will be from my basement. It might be from other areas of my house. Uh, I promise it is not from the toilet. And all of said shit is uh, Disney related. So I've got my fair share of Disney souvenirs that are taking up space and collecting dust, and I would like to give some of those away. Most of it is those napkins that everyone was bitching. Yeah, it could be those napkins that I mentioned previously. Can you send me any soap you got? (laughs) I probably have. I might have some from Tokyo, actually. But uh, this is going to be a random assortment of stuff. Um, I promise it is not uh, not all crap. There is some crap. I can't can't lie about that. Uh, depending on the number of contest submissions we get, uh, there may be multiple prizes. Um, is Gary Hall allowed to enter? He could enter, but the uh, the contest on the heels of what we did uh, in our last show discussion, where Josh wanted to do top five lists, that's what you got to do. You need to send us a top five list. You can send that to martycall@gmail.com. You can tweet it at us. Uh, but you need to tag us in there and it's a top five list of whatever the hell you want. But if it makes us laugh, if we find it entertaining, uh, then you would be a candidate for it. Uh, you can put it on the Facebook page as well. Uh, we will have at least on Facebook, a thread of, uh, uh, for this contest. And as long as we can see it, uh, the email address is probably the cleanest way to get it to us, but any of those will work. And the contest is win a box of shit from Tim's basement. I, the winning list is going to be the top five most incriminating things in Tim's basement. <laughs> You've got your marching orders. Go for it. Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Bird. <laughs>
Yeah. yeah. It yeah. really helps to bend yeah. breaks up after all this. Mockingbird. <laughs> Everybody. Have you heard? Have you I'm heard? You a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, I'm going to buy you a diamond ring. <laughs>